Yes, 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 people. Staying a little bit different this week. Welcome to a new episode of Echo Chamber. We've got some fun films to look through this week, but before we get to that, let us check out the top 15 films streaming in the UK this week. So, at number 15, we've got The Call of the Wild from director Chris Sanders, starring Harrison Ford, uh, Omar Sy, Dan Stevens, and Karen Gillan. A Walt Disney, uh, well, it's 20th Century Studios. Uh, so, then at number 14, We've got Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker So this was J.J. Abrahams And it's starring Daisy Daisy Ridley, John Biorga, Oscar Isaac and Kerry Russell So that was, uh, you know, Lucasfilms Another Walt Disney company right there At number 13 We've got Knives Out So this was from Ryan Johnson And it starred Anna de Amas Joseph Gordon-Levitt Chris Evans And Daniel Craig That was a fun outing from Lions Gate At uh, number 12 Right, so we have got The personal history of David Copperfield So, this was from Amando Inanucci And it starred Deb Patel, Hugh Laurie, Tilda Sweeten and Peter Cabaldi Another Lionsgate feature right there At number 11, we got Bad Boys for Life so this is from directors Balao Falah and Adil El Arbi And it was starring Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Vanessa Hodgkins and Alexander Ludwig Right, so that was uh, a little Sony Pictures affair So Now we get to the top 10 And at number 10 Got Frozen 2 people So this was from directors Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck With a voice cast of Kristen Bell Jonathan Gruff Josh Gad And Edina Menzel So that was from Walt Disney Animation So at number 9 We've got another Walt Disney thing This time from Pixar And it's Onward So this was from director Dan Scanlon And we had a voice cast of Chris Pratt um, Tom Holland Octavia Spencer Julia Louise de Freyfus and Ali Wong. So at number eight, we've got Jamanji, the next level. So this was from director Jake Kazdan, 
And it stars Karen Gillan, Dwayne Johnson, Aquafina, and Danny DeVito, and uh, Kevin Hart. Okay, so at number seven, we've got The Invisible Man. So this is from director Lee Wanow. And it was starring Elizabeth Moss, Oliver Jackson, Adoyos Hodge, and Storm Reed. Storm Reed, what a name, right? And this was a Universal Pictures number. At number number six. Man, at number six, we've got Sonic the Hedgehog. So this was from Jeff Fowler. And it was starring Jim Carrey, James Marsden. Uh, we got Neil McDonald and Tom Butler. Okay, so that was a Paramount picture piece. At number five, we have got 1917. This was from director Sam Mendes, and it was starring George McKay, Dean C. Chapman, Richard Madden, and Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, so that was Entertainment One. At number four, at number four, people, we've got Dark Waters. And so this was from director Todd Haynes. And it's starring Mark Ruffalo, Anna Hathaway, Tim Robbins, Bill Camp, and a host of other really talented actors and actresses. So that's Universal Pictures. At number four. Three, we got Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Harley Quinn. This is from Kathy Yan and it's starring Margaret Robbie, Jimmy Smollett, Ewan McGregor, and Mary Elizabeth Wanstead. So, uh, yeah, this is a Warner Brothers production. At number two. We've got Emma. So this is from Autumn the Wild, starring Anna Taylor Joy, Johnny Flynn, Mia Goff, and Tanya Reynolds. And uh, yeah, that's Universal Pictures. And at number one, people, at number one this week, we have got Doolittle. So this is from director Stephen Gagan. Starring Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, Emma Thompson, and Rami Malik. And it's another Universal Pictures production. Well, people, that is your top 15 films. So we've got three films for you this week. Before we get to those, let's... uh have a little bit of information. Okay. Okay, so fans of Japanese cinema, yo, 
you can rejoice because BFI Japan 2020 is now upon us. So, from the information on the website, it reads In this major season, we spotlight Japanese filmmakers who have inspired admiration and fascination around the world. We have long carried a torch for Japanese film. Here at the BFI, since the birth, the first BFI London Film Festival opened with Akira Kurosawa's Fawn of Blood in 1957, we've played a vital role in bringing the cinema of this culturally rich nation to UK audiences through our festivals, seasons, theatrical distribution, books and video publishing. In this major season, we spotlight filmmakers who have inspired admiration and fascination around the world. We begin our story with Akira Kurosawa, and over the coming months, we'll present films from the golden age, a focus on Yasugira Uzu, new wave rebels, the visionary creations of anime, the Neverworlds of J-Horror, and so much more with archived rarities to contemporary works and cult classics. This landmark season will take place on the BFI Player. It started on the 11th of May, and it will continue with new, new online collections released each month and... They expect to present it at the BFI South Bank and cinemas nationwide later on in the year. So yes, you'll be able to see stuff like Seven Samurai, Drunken Angel, Ran, Stray Dog. I mean, just classics like that. So yeah, if you're a fan, um, go check it out, right? So... You'll be pleased to know you can get a free 14-day free trial of the BFI player. Um, and after that, it is $4.99 a month, but you can cancel whenever you want. And another thing that a lot of, you know, film fans may enjoy, um, you know, there will be a lot of exclusive Introductions from Mark Commode. So that is Japan 2020. It's on the BFI player right now, people. Go check it out. Okay, film fans, this will be of interest to you. Today, Cinema Showtime, an Indiegogo crowdfunding multimedia project designed to reunite film fans following the coronavirus lockdown, has launched. They will be working in partnership with Medi Cinema, the charity that brings the magic of film to hospitals. Cinema Showtime is a project that is looking forward to a time when re restrictions are lifted and we can start going and doing what we love again. Going to the pictures. 
It is looking forward to a time when we can watch rescheduled movies that we have been waiting to see for months on the big screen with our friends. The current guidelines suggest that we can expect to see cinemas reopen to the public from July the 4th. Perhaps that will be our own Independence Day. (laughs) What the Cinema Showtime project involves production and distribution of a free glossy magazine written by film experts and packed with the ultimate preview of every movie being released between November the 20th and August the 23rd. Sorry, that's November 2020. To August 2021 This will include the latest release dates Info, features, interviews and more Staging a one-off live event In a prominent London venue Called Cinema Showtime Live That fans and contributors Will be invited to attend This will include a fan lottery With Incredible prizes and money can't buy merchandise and experiences. Also, creating an online site and newsletter that celebrates the return of cinema with up to the minute news and information. Production unique and exclusive merchandise to tie in with the event and film releases. And also, 10% of all contributions and money raised will go to the charity MediCinema to assist with their work. The teams behind Cinema Showtime, Creative Path Group Limited, Strike Media Limited and My Film Club will be monitoring the latest coronavirus guidelines to ensure that what is planned will be sensible and time sensitive. The first glossy magazine is currently scheduled for October. As this proceeds, a number of major rescheduled movie releases for November onwards. These include No Time to Die, Black Widow, Soul, Free Guy, Peter Rabbit 2, Fast and the Furious 9, Top Gun Maverick, Coming to America 2, The Tomorrow War, Venom 2 and many more. Medi Cinema is a registered UK charity that builds and runs state-of-the-art cinemas in NHS hospitals which accommodate beds and medical equipment. They work to help improve patient well-being, resilience and recovery through the power of film and the shared cinema experience. Currently, their cinemas are suspended just like all regular cinemas across the country instead they are providing a free movie channel for patients to access at their bedsides during the long periods of isolation that come with restricted visiting hours we are raising money for them to keep these services running and to ensure their in-hospital cinemas can reopen when it is safe to do so um The MediCinema CEO, Kat Mason, said, We all miss being able to go out to see a film with friends and for our NHS patients.
patients who are more isolated than ever and not able to visit our in-hospital cinemas. It is even harder. This is such a wonderful initiative. Uh, we are so grateful for Cinema Showtime support, which will help ensure that our cinemas will reopen and that patients can once again have a break from the wards and their conditions to do what used to feel normal to all of us. To go and watch a great film. Alright, so check out the links in this episode's information on how you can get involved with uh, Cinema Showtime. Great stuff. Okay, people, so now we have that all out of the way. It's time to sit back, relax, and let's take a look at some films, right? Okay, so this week I, uh, yeah, I got round to watching Hard Night Falling. So this is the new film from director uh, Giagori Bruno. Okay, it was written by uh, Giagori Serafini and Alessandro Riccardi. Uh, produced by Dolph Lundgren, uh, Gianni Bruno, Gianni Serafini, uh, Guglia De Rosa, Patrizia Ferrazella, Daniela Gramassi, and Paolo Mona, Monassi. And it's starring Dolph Lundgren, how... Yamaguchi, Natalie Byrne, Mario Opinato, Brice Martinet, and Andrea Scarduzzi. Okay, so the uh, the gist of the film is uh, is this: after years fighting crime at Interpol. Agent Michael Anderson, played by Lundgren, takes the night off to reconnect with his estranged wife and teen daughter at an Italian villa. But their peaceful night is shattered as mastermind Guru and his mercenaries invade the property, hoping to find a lost cache of gold. With his family in danger, Anderson summons his team of crack operatives to help turn the tide and wipe Guru off the map. Bum, bum, bum. So, yeah, this is, it's a, you know, it's an action adventurer. Um, and it's, look. Right, I think the best thing I can say about this is If you want some, just, some action that you don't have to think about Okay, something that you can put on um, Yeah, and just kind of chill to Then this possibly is your film Okay, because, I mean, the plot 
you don't really have to kind of follow the plot Because the film doesn't really follow the plot, to be honest There's some stuff, like, that gets set up But then it just seems to kind of like, eh, you know what, we do that doesn't matter Doesn't matter Which is kind of odd, right? So we start the film off and, you know Anderson and his team are, you know, they're, they're in pursuit of um, some gun deal, okay, which I, I believe, um, yeah, it kind of then plays into the main storyline, I think it does you know, I couldn't really see the, the one side of the party that well, but yeah I think it might do, but yeah, so we get this kind of deal, which, you know, all goes a bit wrong, but it it sets up how badass, you know, Anderson's team is, right, they're, they, they're good at the hand-to-hand, and they got some marksmen that can take people out, you know what I mean, just everything you want in a crack team, so yeah, we have this, and then yeah, we get um Addison be like, Hey, I'm taking a night off, guys. I'm gonna try and reconnect with my wife, and my daughter's gonna be there. So yeah, Addison goes to the party. Um and it's it's a it's a weird thing, right? So they're in there, and all of a sudden, right? The, you know, Anderson has this I don't know what he what he saw, what he sensed, but yeah, they they get out of there. But everything just goes crazy. And what we get is basically a kind of like an amalgamation of a lot of action movies all kind of put together. Right? <laughs> they just took loads of these different plots and ideas and were like, oh, we can do something with that. Yes, let us do this. You know, that would be pretty badass. And uh, yeah, and <laughs> that's what we get this crazy type of action film. Uh, you know, I think. And a, a weird thing about it is just the dialogue. The dialogue was, I don't know if it was ablibbed or if there was actually a script. Because there was certainly scenes that just didn't flow, right? They just didn't the the first scene that we have where Anderson um goes to meet his wife and daughter and just the interaction between him and his daughter is it was just weird. It was re like it didn't seem like a, a dad and a daughter. That's that's the weird thing. Because he kept them like Looking her up and down and be like, oh, you look great. Oh, yeah, you look really great. And giving these weird hugs. It, it was a little much. 
Hey, it was, uh, you know what I mean? I don't know what else to say. I don't have kids, so maybe this was completely fine, right? But it just kind of felt a little, a little too much. A little, like we were going to break into one of those, uh, you know, one of them videos, you get me? Uh, but yes, it was it was just these and you had the bad guys really chewing up the scenes and not chewing up the scenes in a good way. You know what I mean? It wasn't John Malkovich in Leon or something like that. No. This it was just clunky, awkward, weird. Right? Saying too much, way too much for certain instances. It's just like, wait, why why would you say that? Why are you talking? Like, just just stop. Just stop. Like, you knew what was going to happen, you know, like, everything was a little predictable, until the story just went kind of weird, like, because we set up with this premise that, you know, the bad guys are trying to get this gold, and the only way to get the gold is through this, this thing, right, but then at the very end, they just didn't, because they didn't have all the, and they just got it, and you're just like, wait, wait, what, I thought you, how did that, that's, huh, that kind of invalidates everything that just happened, we didn't need any of that previous stuff, if all you had to do is that, it it was, ah, it's kind of infuriating, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's the thing. The film is just full of these just weird kind of plot turns that just make no sense. So you either know what's going to happen or you don't because it just makes no sense. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, okay, that's fine. Um... We got some weird tracking shots. There was a lot, yeah, just these weird tracking shots. And when we have the fight scenes, right, the the camera doesn't really follow the fights that well, right? It will just veer off and then come back to the action, but we're kind of too high to see really what's going down, or or too far to one side to really get a clear look at, wait, was that a kick? I'm not quite sure, huh? what's he doing? Yeah, and it just made the fight real clunky, and hard to follow, real hard to follow, it was a bit of a mess, in that regard, and you, the, the person that came out of this the best is um, Natalie Byrne, right? Natalie Byrne's character, Emma. Um, yeah, we, we her fights are probably the clearest, and yeah, she kicks a lot of ass. She really does just take names, really, you know. What I mean? 
A lot of the other fights, yeah, just aren't as good. Her fights are definitely the best in the film. You know, they're just a bit more kinetic. They have more of a flow to them than some of the other stuff that we have. So, uh, yeah, it's... It is a odd kind of film, right? I have a, it's an odd kind. Of, like, there's a moment where Guru just growls for no real reason. He's just like, yeah. I, I, I think Mary did something and Guru growls. <laughs> it was just a little bizarre. Nearly as bizarre as he's singing at the end. But. Yeah, you look just watch the film just for the singing at the end. It it, it is a weird thing that I think people just need to see. So uh yeah, it's there people. Um Hard Night Falling. Like the music the music is a uh, it's just kind of too much. Like they, you know, because as we get in a lot of action type films, right? You wanna they they really wanna ramp up a scene, let you know that this is the action. Get ready, we're gonna have some big action, and they have the music playing. But with this one, is it, like it's just too loud in places. Like it, it's just too deliberate. You know, and you're not really focusing on the scene because the music's so intrusive and you're just like, what's happening? Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Look, if you're a fan of the straight-to-video type of thing, right? If you're a fan of that, or listen, I, you know what? A better way to say it, right? If you've liked... Dolph Lundgren's most recent lot of films, right? And when I say most recent lot of films, it's probably just all the films he's done in the last 10 years. But yeah, if you've been a fan of, you know, those films, like the Expendable films, right? They don't really make any sense. There's a lot of action, though, right? If that's your thing, then... Hard Night Falling, yeah, that's your bag, you're going to enjoy it, right, so, um, look, it's, it's on, uh, you can get it on iTunes, you know, it's available on most VODs, right, but I can tell you, on iTunes, you can rent it for four forty nine, or buy it for seven ninety nine. so, um, yeah, Go check it out. You know what I mean? It's, it's a 15. Um, and it's about just under an hour and a half. Okay? So, uh, yeah. There you go, people. Hard night falling. Okay, so. I've just watched... The Swing of Things. So this is a new film from director Matt Shapira. Um, yeah, it's... 
man, it, it, it's full of talent, right? It was written by Christopher Hewitson, Clayton Hewitson, um, Justin Jones, Patrick McEarlean, and Scotty McKellen. Uh, you know, talent-wise... Talent-wise, this film is kind of crazy, right? So you've got Luke Wilson, um, Chord Overstreet, Olivia Coplo, uh, Adeline Kane, John Lovitz, uh, Linda Pearl, Dot Mary Jones. You know what I mean? So that's like from things like Old Street, Glee. I Feel Pretty, The Purge, Saturday Night Live, Mighty Joe Young, Modern Family. These people have been in some high-profile stuff. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? So the film itself, right, it follows the journey of Tom and Laura Jane. For their destination wedding in the Bahamas Which is soon diverted with the bad weather So with friends, parents and Laura's protective big brother in tow They land at a, mystery, um, land at a mystery hotel in Jamaica Which turns out to be a swingers resort Can the innocent couple avoid the non-stop Booze, weed, naked bodies and lusty dolphins long enough to make it to the altar Yeah, so that's the film, right? So, you know, I think from reading it, you kind of, you envision things like the hangover and, and, and stuff like that, right? Well, you know, I think, listen... I tr always try and give a, a, a fair breakdown of a film Because I realise that I might not like something But someone else will like it You know what I mean? So you, you want to be fair when doing these things But, right? I, I've got to say this I found this film just... I, it was it was offensive. It really was. I mean, they were just playing on these lazy stereotypes. It, it was just bad, yo. Know? And I just wondered, like, how the fuck does this happen? Right? How does it happen? Because, yeah, it was just bad stereotype after bad stereotype. When they're on the plane and you, you're told, oh, it's we've been diverted to Jamaica, right? The camera pans to these guys sitting there who then look at each other and, like, make a kind of hand gesture like they're smoking a joint. And it's just, it was just that kind of shit all the way through. Like, just all the way through. Like, you know, you've got this uh, this terrible bit 
they were trying with this one guy called Ira who meets them at the airport and he you know he's trying to sell for the place he works and he's putting on this friggin' Jamaican accent so you've got that and then they go to the hotel and then they've got the reception guy at the hotel the black guy at the hotel who's then very eloquent with the way he speaks which I and listen I'm not saying look it's not saying Jamaicans aren't eloquent with the way it speaks but it's it's done in a way to go oh look how funny we are yeah you've got the white guy doing this and the black guys do it it's just bad it's offensive it was just so frigging offensive all the way through right that had to say that so the film itself let's look at the film itself uh it was it was playing to the you know the the the, the lowest denominator really you know just the way it starts right you we see Laura Jane walking dogs and obviously the dogs walk her it's just like really are we doing this you know then we've got Tom and it's a thing that frustrates me a lot right you you have people that's like oh I work in marketing but what they what we see them doing is just like listen we don't do that in marketing like what the fuck it's just ridiculous and so you have this ridiculous thing with a jetpack uh and all of it you're just like do we like why are we watching this like it had really the beginning had no relevance on the film because everything they're doing they just want us to see tom meet laura jane that's it and and the meeting was just terrible like just ugh, it was just terrible but then we just go seven months later and so it just jumps they're having a dinner party and they're you know talking about their wedding plans and all of this and we and we see you know just everything unfold and it's showing these like dynamics between the family be like oh look this side of the family is like this and this side's like this and all the way running through we've got um Luke Wilson's character, Lance, at odds with, like, you know, Laura Jane and her parents, right, because he's been adopted, and he's like, oh, yeah, and they pushed me away, and blah, 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 but then in the end of the film, it it goes in this other direction, and it's just like, but why, like, it it wasn't a story element that any you don't care about it. And I think this is the big problem with a lot of what we see here. You know, we, we have these story elements, we we have these devices that they're using, but none of them you just don't care. You really don't care. It's the chemistry between all of the characters is pretty non-existent, right, you're, you're not buying anything, you're not buying that, you know, 
Molly and uh, and Laura are best friends. You know, we're, we're just not buying any of it. And you just wonder, like, why are these people hanging out? You know, like, why are they hanging out? It, it, it's an odd one. Like, there's this weird thing at the beginning where they've got this roommate who's... No, sorry, Molly's the roommate. Yes, Molly's the roommate. Um, Mandy is Laura Jane's best friend. And, um, yeah, and we just have this weirdness. And you're just like, wait, what? You know, because they're playing it. Oh, yeah, she likes sex. Oh, she's oversexed. And it's just, it's this infantile humour. You know, it, it, it's this real infantile humour. We get, as I said, look, on the plane, it's getting directed from the Bahamas to Jamaica. Now, they say bad weather, but it you don't see this bad weather. And, and this is a weird thing that they do throughout the film. Right, they, they they say something, but it's not really reflected by what you're seeing, and then they use these kind of um, shoot over transition shots a lot, which you're just like, wait, why are we now doing a shoot over of you know the sea? Why are we doing a shoot over of grass? Why, like, it's these weird like couple of second shots before we get to the next scene and you just why like that means nothing what's the relevance of that you you're you're wrecking the road the flow of the film what flow the film has and you're doing this and it's a constant thing throughout the film like no one is acting in a way that Makes anything believable. Like, and and it's not even... You know, like, as I said, look. The Hangover. Hangover is a dumb film, but it's fun. And I'm talking about the first one. Let's not talk about the next two. But the first one, it's dumb, but it's fun. It's silly. It's amusing. You know? And this isn't that. This, it really wants to be that. It really wants to be something like the wrong Missy, right? Both films, the jokes on, you know, they're they're silly jokes. They're not these well-crafted, honed, like, sophisticated pieces. No, it's just silly jokes, but it works. This, the jokes is just... You're just like, what? I, you know, they've got the dolphins and the birds in a couple of points of the films talking. Now, it, the, like, subtitles come up, but you're just like, wait, what is happening? Like, what are you doing here? You are throwing in all of these weird elements. Nothing is meshing together. Like, nothing is meshing together. And, you know, they they then want to do this whole big thing of, you know... Because the film is going in this direction and, you know, okay, so they're having a wedding. Oh, fine, fine, fine. 
but they kind of figure, right, we need something to add some drama to this whole piece, and, the, you know, the device they use, look, we have seen it in TV, in, you know, radio dramas, in films, in and it's so played out, and it always ends the same way, so when this whole thing happened, you're just like, yeah, so just get me to the bit when the realisation and, you know, and even that bit, it's not done well, like, the reveals aren't done well, it's just clunky McClunkston, you know what I mean, just all the way through, it's crazy, and I'm just scratching my head, thinking, how the hell did Luke Wilson get involved in this film, there's, he, like, he's been in some really good films, so you're just like, how, how, like, he must have a load of cash, he should, he could just not make films, now, look, granted, who knows what his finances are, and by making this film, you kind of wonder, is he just burning through everything, yeah, has he got poor financial management, because I can't think of a reason why he's in this. It it's just a mess. It's a straight up mess. And the whole you know, oh look, we we're in a hotel resort that oh it's a swingers nudist place. Right? We, throughout that whole section of the film, we get them saying, Oh, it's a nudist place, it's a nudist place. And when you're saying that, like, only a couple of people have got, like, tops off kind of thing. So it's just like, well, it's not a nudist place, right? What do you... Come on. And they say, oh, they mention hedonism. Hedonism isn't really a nudist place. It's just a kind of, yeah, it's a, like a swinger's spot. But the actions that you're seeing, like... They they are real kind of just confused about what they want this to be. You know, what this result is. How are we going to play off of it? It's, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's just weird. Listen, I, yeah, I, from, you know, what I had to say at the start of this, yeah, knew I wasn't going to like this film, right? I, but to be honest, right, even if... You know, as I said, with all the stereotypical, just terrible nature of what they wanted to do with this. If it had a good story, if the acting was good, I'd say that. You know, I'd say it. Because, you know, it's not any benefit to me to not. Right? This was a good film, I would say it. I'd just say it's not for me. You know? But, yeah, it's just a mess. It's a mess. And I don't feel to, you know, give any other examples or anything like that. Because they chose to run with these racial, just nasty little things. They chose to do that. So, I'm choosing not to give any comparisons. Because, hey, and, and truth say, 
there's not a, I mean yes there are some other bad films that this is kind of like or you could say that if you like this film you might like this but this is just it's just bad the acting is just terrible it's terrible like no one is good right everyone they either they're overacting they you know they they they're either giving us no chemistry like just no chemistry even between the husbands and wives there is no real chem- you don't believe that these people have been married for a, a long ass time and they love each other which they try and force down you at the end with these weird speeches right so yeah the acting is bad like at some point you wonder did they film these scenes together because you're just like the way it looks it's like they've you know merged two different two scenes together to create the you know the belief that they were both in the same place at the same time it's just that bad like terrible editing the music it's just way too loud in places you know just it's yeah i did not enjoy this one bit but listen other people might for gra- yeah, fuck it i will look if you like you know though the, the these films with you know the like crass humor isn't even really it but just really dumb jokes right that kind of stuff this could be for you it's it's like those you know the sequels of that go direct to DVD. You know what I mean? Like American Pie Seven. You know, it's 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 one of those type of things, but worse. But yeah, that's your comparison, people. This was the swing of things. It it's out Monday the sixth. Okay, so Monday the sixth of July. You will find this uh, on, you know, just basically all VOD spots, okay? So, if you like any of the people involved, you know, if you like Matt Shapiro's other other stuff, then you might want to check it out, okay? There you go. Okay, so I have just watched Dark Waters, which, oh my gosh, this film, this film is, it's crazy, it's crazy, and it, yo, I came across it at the last minute, so, um, yeah, uh, it's a, a huge thank you to, um, you know, the, the people at, premiere for uh hooking that one up uh because <laughs> oh my gosh i mean it's it's crazy so it's directed by todd haynes who you know I mean? like it's weird haynes has been in the game for a long time hasn't got as many films to his name as you'd think but you know with things like wendy and lucy and carol just to name a couple, you know, you, you know his calibre is high, 
right? So it was produced by Mark Ruffalo, Christine uh, Vacon, and Pamela Kofler. Uh, it's from a screenplay by Mario Correra and Matthew Michael Carnahan. Uh, and it's starring, um, you know, Ruffalo, Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, Bill Camp, Victor Garber, Mayor Winningham, uh, and Bill Pullman. Just to name a few, right? The music is Marcelo Zavos, uh, and the cinematography is Edward Latchman. Now, the um, the gist of the gist of this film. Well, actually, firstly, let me just say, right? So this film, it's uh, you know. Based on a 2016 New York Times magazine article called The Lawyer Who Became DuPont's Worst Nightmare from uh, Nathaniel Rich. And the crazy thing is, right, so that isn't even the first time that this story has kind of been told, right? It first kind of emerged in a 2007 book called Stain Resistant, Non-Stick, Waterproof and Lethal, The Hidden Dangers of C8. And that was from Callie Leans. Um, And, you know, there was some more. So there was another article written about this um, from Mariah Blake in 2015, and that was called Welcome to Beautiful Parkersburg, West, Vir- West Virginia, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and there was more, there was more, right, so there was, uh, another piece called Bad Chemistry, um, and that was from Sharon Lerner, and, uh, yeah, you know, it, it kind of talked about this, this story, okay, so the, the, the gist of it is, um, the gist of it is this, right, so Dark Waters is one of the most important films of the year, and stars Academy Award nominee Mark Ruffalo, uh, who plays the tenacious attorney who uncovers a dark secret that connects a growing number of unexplained deaths to one of the world's largest largest corporations. In the process, he risks everything, his future, his family, and his own life to pers- expose the truth. Yeah, now, this story, it's something that I knew nothing about, right, I knew nothing about this, it essentially starts in 1998, 1998, and it's crazy, like, 
you know, you, you see this start, and <laughs> there's no mobile phones, you know, they, they're just basically, you know, got internet, and email, to it ends, and they're all on mobile phones and everything, it's insane, the, this story is just insane, it really is, so, the film, well, you know, I say 98, essentially the film starts in 1975, and it opens up with a group of, I guess it's probably teenagers, we don't really know the age, but a group of young people, they're driving, they go to a, a lake, a reservoir, something of the like, and they're swimming, it's at night, Right, so they're swimming, having fun, and they get chased out of the lake by uh, some workmen. And then we see the workmen spraying, emptying, disposing of something in the water. Right, so that's where we start. And then, you know, it's just a few seconds, and then we jump. So we jump forward to 98. And we're at the the Taft Law Firm, where Rob Bilbert is, you know, he's being made a partner of the law firm. And, yeah, then the story kind of unfolds. So, some farmers who know his grandmother, Nan, whatever you want to call her, you know, they come to the law office, and they, you know, dumped a whole load of tapes on him, and, you know, say, look, this is happening, and obviously, you know, it's kind of like, wait, what, what's happening, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, believe something, and especially when, the type of law that they do, it's not the law that this guy is wanting, so, you know, we, we, we have, um, yeah, we have Rob just kind of not really believing it, but not really knowing what to do, right, and he goes to visit his, his grand goes to visit her to kind of try and work out, wait, what, so what's happening, you know, like, do you know these people, like, why, why is this happening, so, yeah, he goes to visit, she vouches, she's like, yeah, I know them, so he goes to the farm, and there, he's shown some stuff that doesn't make any sense, you know, doesn't make any sense, like, these remains from, you know, dead cows, right, so, like, tumours and hoofs that are deformed and, you know, gallbladders and things like that, and so this piques his interest because, you know, even, uh, you know, a non-farmer, he understands that this doesn't seem right, so he goes to the law firm, and, well, he's firm, and he's just like, look, 
I just want to do this, you know, we would just kind of try and get some information because supposedly a report was done. So let's just get that for them. You know, it'll be a quick case, be a quick case. Don't worry about it. But, you know, he gets a report and the report kind of is like, hmm, this seems odd. This doesn't seem right. And he, he's trying to... Because I, I think he worked with um, the guy at DuPont, right? The lawyer there. Uh, you know, probably an internship or something, something. We don't quite know. But they've had dealings. They know each other. And and it's the, the nature of the lawyer you're in, you know? There's, you know, Rob used to work for, you know, Big Pharma. And so he's seeing these kind of things and it, like, information doesn't make sense and there's stuff missing. And he's trying to get hold of the guy and the guy's avoiding him. And when they, you know, he finally bumps into him at a, a dinner, an award dinner. And the confrontation obviously does not go well. But it gets like you're thinking, okay, something is not right. So it ramps things up. And then what unfolds is this crazy story. It's a crazy story. And as I said, look, something I knew nothing about. Now, the thing is, I've heard of Teflon. You know what I mean? Like, that was a thing. Just seeing the adverts back in the day. Teflon, this wonder, you know, material. Like, your pans. Not going to stick. Things aren't going to stick. Easy to wash. You know, kind of indestructible. Things are going to last forever now. You know, just remember seeing all of this. And just hearing the stories about it and how revolutionary it was. But never heard anything about it being this danger material. You know, the, the, the problematic nature of it. That it doesn't leave your body. Your body can't break it down. Never heard anything about that. So you're watching this film. And all of this is coming out. And you're, you know, by the end of it, I'm sitting at, on the edge of my seat. Sitting on the edge of my seat. It is enthralling. It's enthralling. You know, everything that hits you, it's done so well. Now, listen, right? We understand the tropes that are used, the things that, you know, great directors and storytellers do to pique your interest, to suck you in. And a lot of times we see it, we see these devices, and you just roll your eyes, you know, you poo-poo it, because, you know, it's all a little derivative, you know, it's all a bit, ugh, really, really, 
when a story is so engrossing, you know, when it's so captivating, like these things don't matter, even though you understand, you know, you understand what they are doing, how they are kind of tweaking your emotions, because the hard facts, the hard facts are the things that are just undeniable here, you know, and it all comes out, and it is fascinating, we get some tremendous performances here, they really are just top notch, right, now we know Ruffalo is a good actor, you know, We've seen him in so many types of roles, so we know he can do his thing, but it's, you know, I think it's like the performances we see from some of the other people, the supporting cast here, it's something else, like Tim Robbins as uh, Tom Turp. Is tremendous, really is like Victor Garber. Now, we've seen Garber in so many different types of roles being the good guy, the bad guy, the gray area guy, and he really knows how to turn it on, he knows how to walk that line, you know, Mayor Wingingham. As Darling Kiga. They're just. Just tremendous. It really is. Just great performances. That really just help. Bring this story to life. You know. There's a moment. Um, you know. I think it's kind of. Might be slightly over halfway through And You know I think in a film like this you, you you always get it right When things are looking like They're going a certain way And someone galvanises the troops With a speech And Tim Robbins delivers this This powerful moment In the law offices And it really gets you pumped up Really does, you know, and and the film is just there's so many of these like Anne Hathaway as Sarah Rob's wife, you know, like it's not a huge part, but she is there, you know. She we see her a lot throughout the film in the background. And, you know, she, she she says these things at certain moments that really bring certain things home to you, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great performance, you know? Like, obviously, you know, there, there could be more, right? You do think sometimes, ah, oh, you know, but what else are they thinking? Like, what else are they doing? But, you know... It, 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 uh, these performances are very good, very good, and I think that's very important because this could have been a really dry film, you know, 
could have been just tremendously dry and you know just a bit taxing because you know we're getting you know formulas thrown at you and all of this PFOA you know like C8 and all of this talking about chain molecules and the like which you know to a, a a non-pharmacist, it's a bit like, wait, what? What are they, what are they talking about? You know, and then the law jargon and all of this, you know, it could definitely bog you down. It could definitely make you, you know, scratch your head and think like, what, what, what's, what's going on here? But it doesn't because. The way everything is, you know, given to you, it makes sense, right? And even if you don't understand the minutiae of it, you understand the importance of what's happening, you know, what's being disclosed, what hasn't been disclosed. Like, what could happen if this goes all the way like all of this it's easy to understand by the way you know Haynes and everyone else brings this story to us and that is not an easy task so hey you know, you got to give it up to them for being able to do this. Like, all the way through, you're just gripped. Really are gripped. I mean, there are moments, right? Because there there are times when, you know, the, the filming is like at night, in the dark. There's a lot of dark rooms, right? There's a lot of stuff happening in dark rooms that... Yeah, you know, it, it, it does become a bit difficult to see in places because of that. But, um, you know, it, it's not the whole film, right? And everything else kind of mitigates what happens in those moments. So, you know, although it is a kind of a shame, it does, it, you know, it's not enough to detract. From the story itself, right? And the story itself is just fascinating. You know, I, I definitely feel that this is it's something that everyone should see. It it really is one of those stories, right? And at the end, you know. What what you find out, it's just crazy. You know, this, this thing could go on for, you know, over 20 years, right? Over 20 years, and it's still happening. It's still not over. That's just... It's crazy, right? It, it doesn't make any sense that you watch it and you think, wait, how, 
how is this legal? Right? How could this happen and we not know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how does this happen and we don't know? Because as I said, Teflon was a thing. It was a huge thing. It was put out there. Advertising, newspaper pieces. Like, you, you would see it all the time. So, how do we not know about it? It's crazy, right? Yeah, it really is. And... To, you know what I mean, to, to, to then find out, right, <laughs> we, we get given the, these facts at the end, facts at the end that are just crazy, like 99% of humans have PFOA in our blood, right? 99% Then we find out that Oh It isn't banned After all of this It's still not banned And it's not the only one There's 600 Other Forever chemicals It's Horrendous It really is Horrendous So this film Right You always get the hyperboil Like the most important thing The best thing you've seen all year Like This might actually be One, one of those times Where it's actually true Right That you actually should watch this film. You should have this knowledge. You know, so when you're at the shops, when you're buying, you know, your pots and pans and just other stuff that you see, you see that name and you think, hold on, hold on. Should I, should I be buying that? Do I really want that in my house? You know what I mean? Woo! For real though, yeah. I, I, yeah, do people check this out? It's, you know, they do do that thing, right? That a lot of films do. You know, this is an important scene. So they play the music, you know? Sad scene, music. Like, bad news is coming. Yeah, they do that. But, the music isn't distracting. It's not one of those ones where, yeah, it's it's way too loud. Or it's just like, it's the wrong type of music. It's just too, you know, it brings you out of the moment. No. Everything works. Everything works extremely well together. Like, the one bad bit is, you know, the dark scenes. And... I will say, there are moments, right, that you do think, did that really happen? Did that really happen? Because, you know, there's there's certain, and you kind of figure out, okay, this scene, it probably didn't happen, 
right? Because, you know, it works well in a film kind of narrative to show this like this, right? So, when you had the farmers first come to the, the law office, you know, and want to speak to Rob, right? It's not a, hi, how are you? I'd just like to talk to you because, you know, I'm a, sorry, bah, 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 bah. and they've got this thick accent that, yeah, it's really hard to understand what they're saying, right? And it's so abrasive and, you know, it's really playing on that, oh, you know, simple, simple farmer folk, Right? And, you know, when he goes to see his gran, she doesn't speak like that. You know, a lot of the other people in the place don't speak like that, but they do. You know, there's a few kind of scenes like this. Like, there's a moment in the law office um, when you think, ah, is is everything going to just fall apart and drop and then this thing happens... Like, and you think, oh, did that really happen at that moment? You know what I mean? To stop a certain thing happening. So, yeah, they do go a little heavy on these things at times. But it does work. And as I said, look, it doesn't detract you from the film. Because the film is so powerful. You know, it is so just intriguing. So you will want to watch it. So, now, the DVD, right? The DVD of Dark Waters comes out on Monday the 6th of July. And um, on the DVD, you get the film. But you also get, you know... Three bonus features So there's the cost of being a hero um, And this piece It examines real life Rob Billet's Sacrifice to take down A powerful corporation And how a single individual Can impact an entire community Cast and filmmakers discuss The importance of telling this story And empowering whistleblowers then you also have Uncovering Dark Waters. So get an inside look into the storytelling behind the gritty real-life story of Dark Waters from Mark Ruffalo, and Hathaway, filmmakers and crew. And then finally, there's The Real People. Meet the real people from Parkersburg who were impacted firsthand by the Contaminated water As they share their experiences Being on set And taking part in the film So yeah You don't only get a great film But you get these intriguing features as well So um Hey if this sounds like it's your kind of film And I'd say listen If you enjoyed stuff like Spotlight Um Bombshell, you know, Just Mercy, the big, um, the big shoot, right, the big shoot, uh, Bad Education, um, you know, and I'm talking about the, uh, Hugh Jackman 
Alison Janney bad education, right? So if those intrigued you, if you really enjoyed those, and then, you know, there was uh, the report that came out um, last year, right? Um, so yeah, if, if that kind of thing is your type of film, your type of watching, then Dark Waters is definitely for you. So, remember, the 6th of uh, July, it's Monday, you can go grab the DVD. And uh, yeah, I would definitely say it's worth it, people. It really is. Okay? Enjoy. Okay, people. So, yes, Dark Water really saved this week, and it is something that is definitely worth checking out. But we've come to the end of another episode, people. But before we do, let's take a look. At the uh, film news for this week Well, fans of Ari Aster's Midsummer, Little treat coming your way people on the 20th of July Because a uh, director's cut is coming to DVD on that day Now it, it did screen in a few select cinemas but now it will be available to everyone. It's 171 minutes long. Woo! It's a long one. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, you'll be able to get it in 4K, UHD, and regular Blu ray editions. Uh, there will, I think it's coming with a 62 page booklet. With um, art from Ragnar Pearson So uh, yeah, a little treat for you uh, Fans of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Well, you know, Nickelodeon uh, created a new cartoon Which seems to be getting better responses than the films have <laughs> Even though the last film was supposedly better than the original, original films But, uh, you know Now, Nickelodeon have um, They're teaming up with Point Grey Pictures Which is, you know Run by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg and James Weaver And they're going to be putting together a 2G, a 2G it's a, a 2D CG animated cartoon film And uh, supposedly it's going to be based on the rise of the Teenage Mutant Turtles TV series So um, yeah, that is going to be coming your way at some point No word on when it will be coming But uh, yeah, you have that and it will be hitting Netflix Okay So some other news for you If things actually go to plan Because there is word that maybe films from August might get pushed back 
if uh, you know the the COVID cases do rise over the weekend. But um, yeah, if everything is uh, you know going to the original planning, then. September will be seeing Charlie Hoffman's new film I'm thinking of ending things uh, so that's and it's due on the 4th of September now I, I think this should be fine because it is co- it is meant to be coming to Netflix but who knows right it's starring Jesse Buckley Jess Plemons Tony Collette and David Twellers. So it's an adaptation of an Ian Reid novel. Um, And it's kind of, uh, you know, set around a a, a road trip. Um, Yeah, which heads its way to a secluded farm. Um, You know, Kaufman's. Stuff has, you know, it's pretty always pretty interesting. So, I, I'd, I'd give it a check. Uh, interesting news. So, Zachary Levy has been cast um, to play Kurt Warner, right, in American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. So, um, yeah. You know, it, it's kind of based on interviews Warner gave and his memoirs, All Things Possible. Um, as Warner's, you know, his story is just, it is kind of crazy, right? Because he, he was stocking shelves and then he got like, you know, I think it was like a, someone got injured, he got called up. Got called up to the NFL And he ended up Ending his career As a MVP A Super Bowl MVP And a Hall of Famer So uh, not bad Um, The film story is penned by David Aaron Cohen Um, And uh, yeah, it's going to be produced by Mark Cardi and Kevin Downs with um, John and Andrew Irwin uh, attached to direct. So, in other news, um, Searchlight Pictures are going to be making um, a film about. Cavalier de Saint George, who uh, you know was also known as Black Mozart, right? So um, you know he was born in 1745 in uh, French Caribbean and was a musical prodigy, right? So um, you know he was able to rise to um, you know. Improbable height in French society But, you know, it all goes a bit sour With an ill-fated love affair And, um, 
you know, a falling out with Maria Maria Antoinette. But uh, you know, it's a fascinating story. So hey, it's it's nice that it'll be coming to the screens. You know, um, there's also been a you know a, a few big acquisitions. Yo, so we talked about it. Um, I think it might have been last week, but it it worked out that Apple won the rights to um, Emancipation. That's the uh, the Antonia Farouk and Will Smith Runaway Slave feature. Uh, also, Netflix have worked out a deal to um, purchase the rights to um, the trial of the Chicago 7. That's uh, Aaron Sorkin's new drama. And finally, so uh, Lee, Lee Daniels, who, uh, you know, people know from Precious, the butler and the paperboy, who, uh, you know, over the last few years has been, uh, you know, dealing with Empire. Well, he has um, struck up a deal with Paramount Pictures for the North American rights to the United States v. Billy Holiday. So, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a true story. Um... Of the Federal Department of Narcotics targeting uh, Holloway, Holiday even, with an undercover sting operation. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting, right? Andra Day will be playing Holiday um, with also uh, Travant Rhodes, Garrett. Hoodland and Natasha Lynn will also be, uh, you know, starring in the film. And it is being written by um, Suzanne Laurie Parks. So, yeah, not bad. Looking for it, got some good things coming our way, people. But, uh, yo, that is it for this week. So next week, um, I think there's at least two, no, I think we've got another three films for you next week, alright, so um, enjoy the long weekend to, uh, you know, all you US peoples, have fun, watch some good films, and uh, enjoy yourself, and I will see you next Thursday for another episode of Echo Chamber. All right? Peace.